Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to read a few verses here. And then we'll come to prayer tonight. Hebrews and the 10th chapter and verse 23. I'm going to ask you to do something we don't normally uh, do. We've done it maybe once or twice before. I'm going to ask you, would you stand for the reading of God's word tonight? I believe it's important that we do. We stand together and I want us to read the word of God collectively and together. We're reading from verse uh, 23, 24 and verse 25. Let's read the word of God together. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. And everyone said, Amen. You may take your seats tonight. Praise the Lord. I'm going to speak just over these next uh, couple of Wednesdays on these verses here. And the topic is forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together. Now I want to say, first of all, that over the years, I suppose people would see uh, this topic or this verse as one of uh, the pastor's pet subjects when people aren't attending meetings and so forth and there's slippage and so um, maybe you would see it as something that at that time the pastor liked to get up and preach about this particular topic. But I want to assure you tonight that this is in the context of a day that we are living in that we must know that there is the spirit of Antichrist that is ascending at a rapid rate in our world, in our world, presently in our age. And this is not a subject we should take lightly because the spirit that is arising has a purpose, an intent, and an agenda against the gathering of God's people on the earth. And when we see that we are in an hour and an age where the spiritual forces of darkness and wickedness don't so much look at the, politic, the, the political scene or the personalities of that. They are mainly and entirely, I believe, puppets on the end of a piece of string. But beyond the, the systems that we are seeing, there is the spirit of Antichrist that has intent and purpose against the church of Jesus Christ, the gathering of God's people. And when we see, so when the Bible says here in this verse, when, uh, as you see the day approaching, that means that you have spiritual sight and also a discernment to understand the day that we're in. If we see these things and understand them spiritually, then this verse becomes such a precious truth for us in the last days. In 2 Thessalonians and chapter 2, if you turn to it, follow with me tonight if you would, because again, these are familiar verses certainly here. We know of them, we preach them often, but I believe we need to be repetitive in 
the preaching of God's word. But 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 7, we see here the Bible tells us that the mystery of iniquity, that word iniquity means lawlessness. In other words, there is a spirit of lawlessness that will be evident in the last days. Have you seen it? And do you sense it? And do you experience it? And we see it all around us. There will be a spirit of lawlessness that is an antichrist spirit that will explode in the last days. It's exploding like it has not done before. And so here the apostle says, the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now let us will let until he be taken out of the way. Now there's different interpretation scripturally of who he is that let us and then take us out of the way. But what I want you to focus on is not so much what the uh, the identity of that which is taken out of the way is, but that as we approach the final moments of time before Christ comes for his church, there is a lifting of a restraint. And at the lifting of that restraint, there is an outpouring of wickedness that we are now presently right in the middle of. We are witnessing the spirit of lawlessness. We are entering into a season or a time where it is not going to get better, brothers and sisters. We are going to see an unfolding of events like this earth has never seen. Now, I believe the only answer to that in the church of Jesus Christ is a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost. For God, the Holy Spirit, to breathe into the body of Christ. And this is where we're going with this tonight in the forsaking not the assembly of yourselves together, that God would breathe into his people the power and the life and, and the joy and the hope and the peace and everything that the river of life is going to bring us. You know, we cannot live like the world in these days. We cannot be under the same fear. We cannot live under the same oppression, the same darkness and everything that we're witnessing. We are the people of God. We have a peace in our heart. The Bible says that passes all understanding. We have a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. We have a hope beyond this world. And we have a faith in God that overcomes all the powers of darkness. The Bible says we're more than conquerors through Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. So we have this life. But here we see that in verse 8 there is then a taking away and then there is a wicked, the wicked one will be revealed. Now here is what we want to declare tonight to the principalities and powers. The Lord will consume him with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy him with the brightness of his coming. Praise the Lord tonight. That's, that's, that's what the finale of all of this is. Christ is going to come in all his power and all his glory and all his majesty. And he is going to destroy that wicked one. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now we are in that hour and in that day. Whether we're just at the beginning or whether we're some way down the road in that, I, I'm not 100% sure. But what I know is we are traveling down a path at a rapid pace and we see the unfolding of the spirit of Antichrist. And he and they collectively have a target 
and an agenda, and that is against the church of Jesus Christ. And in particular, I want you to know this tonight, this is important, the assembling of the saints of God, whether it be here in this local assembly or any local assembly across these nations, there is a spirit of Antichrist which is against the assembling of God's people. If you believe that, would you say amen? Amen. This is important that we affirm God's word tonight in our spirit and understand this from a spiritual perspective. This becomes more relevant as we see the day approach. Do you see the day approaching? Can you see, can you spiritually see it? Can you discern it in your spirit that we are approaching the day that Hebrews is talking about? What day is that? Well, if you turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I want to show you what that day is. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 1. This is the day that Hebrews is referring to. And here he says, once you're all there, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 1. But of the times and of the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you for yourselves. Know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. Now, what you will begin to see over the period of time, even though there's the calamities and we see the spirit of Antichrist rising, you will begin to hear very clearly, and you're already hearing it if you have picked up on it, that there are voices that are beginning to declare peace and safety. They're beginning to to bring us into a place where they want to encourage us into an area, condition us into a place where we have created for you as a society a safe place and a place where you can be at peace. That's what's going to come stronger. But when you begin to hear these words, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, they shall not escape. Now then Paul says these words, but you, brethren, are not in darkness that the day should overtake you. In other words, what the apostle said is, you're spiritually discerning the times from God's word, not from the newspapers or the radio stations or what the BBC or Fox News or CNN, not what they're saying, but you're able to discern what's happening from the word of God. That's so important. Because if we're not being, if we're not discerning what's happening in the spirit from God's word, then we're going to be blown way off track. We're going to be blown by the voices of denominations and religious men and politicians with all their ideologies and all their thoughts. We will be taken off course very easily. But we, we brethren, we are not in darkness that the day is going to overtake us. We see the days coming. We know that Christ is coming for his bride. We are aware and awakened to the truth of where we are. Ye are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch. Let us be sober for they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us hear off the day. Let us be sober 
Let us put on the breastplate of faith and of love and of and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath. Praise the Lord. But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. Now, whether we wake or we sleep, what should we do? We need to live. We need to live together with him. We need to live for God. That's what we must. We must live as believers for God. Even in this wicked hour, the church of Jesus Christ must live as children of light. We cannot live like the world. We cannot be under the same oppression and fear and darkness like they are in because we are the children of the Most High God. And so tonight, friends, we have a song that they don't have. We have a hope. Now, we were once that, but we cannot be the same as them. You know, it is, it is discouraging. It is a discouraging thing when you hear the voices that come within the church world and the voices in the church world are the same as the voices that are coming from Stormont. It is discouraging. We need to pray for leaders to, to stand up. But it's discouraging to hear men that stand in pulpits. But they speak the same way as the men that stand up in Stormont or the health ministers or whoever. They say the same things. We have something different to say. We have something different for this world. We can't say and talk the same talk. Why? Because it's not our language. This is our language. We have a hope for this world. We have a faith that this world can have. We have a joy that they can know. We have a peace that they can know. We have a love that drives out a perfect love that drives out all fear. We have an answer for a broken and a dying and a world that's been overcome with the spirit of Antichrist. So we cannot be the same. Sadly, what we're hearing is the same voice that we're hearing in the political world. We're hearing in the church world. That's the tragedy, but that's a spiritual problem because the spirit of Antichrist doesn't stop at the front doors of a building. It has swept in the large parts of the so-called church, whether that be religious or denominational, whatever denomination it is from Pentecostal right through. But the spirit of Antichrist has swept in and men are being overtaken. And that's why they speak the same way as the politicians. But we're different. We're the salt of the world. We're the light of the world. We're the children of the Most High God. We have the marks of Christ. We're washed in the blood of Jesus tonight. We have a joy tonight, friends, that's different. And so it's important that we know that there is a spiritual intent against this very meeting tonight. Did you realize that? Did you know that there's a spiritual intent against us? Did you know tonight, you know, you may not have necessarily felt like coming. You might have opened the front door, seen the rain and everything coming with it. And that natural feeling's there. But beyond that, there's a spiritual intent to prevent and to stop the church of Jesus Christ meeting together in this fashion, number one. And number two, the muzzle, the muzzle, the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ across this land. Because the hope is the gospel for our nation. So the muzzling, the muzzling of God's people, the muzzling of this world is to prevent 
and to stop the preaching of God's word. Now, I know there's a lot of people might struggle with some of those things, but I see this very clearly. I see it's spiritual. And so we have a day that's coming. Peter talks of that day. He says that the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. It's going to come like a thief in the night. You're not necessarily going to be expecting it, especially the world. Those that are living their own lives are not saved. They're living the way they want to live in darkness, not concerned with spiritual things. They have rejected the love of the truth. They no longer want the truth. And so the darkness overtakes them. The spiritual darkness rises. And in that moment, the Bible says that the day of the Lord, the day that we see, will come like a thief in the night. Suddenly God comes. Suddenly he breaks through. Coming for his bride. Friends, that day's approaching. That day's approaching. Soon we see it. Do you see it? Well, here we're told in Hebrews that we're to hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Are you holding fast, saints? Are you holding fast to the truth of God's word? Do you know that? Those two words, hold fast. You'll find the same Greek word in the Gospel of Luke chapter 8 and verse 15. And there it speaks of the seed that lands on the good ground, which in an honest and a good heart, having heard the word of God, the two words there that is interpreted from the Greek word is that they keep the word. I want to tell you, friends, tonight, if there's anything you should be holding on to tonight, if there's anything you should hold fast to, if there's anything you should be keeping tonight, it's the word of God in your heart. That is what's going to keep us God's word. That's what the spirit of Antichrist is against, the preaching and the proclamation of the word of God. Keep the word of faith in your heart because that faith, you know, we must be ready for these days. We must be prepared as a people, as the people of God. There has to be a trumpet sound that's clear. There has to be watchmen that stand and say, what of the night and warn the people that what's coming? Sadly, there isn't that preparation. We're not hearing those voices the way we should be hearing them. And friends, that should cause us to get on our knees tonight in this house and begin to pray for a mighty revival because revival is for the church. That's what it's for. It's to awaken the bride. It's to awaken the church who are asleep and don't understand the time that has come. And so we need to hold fast, but we need to pray and we need to keep that word in our hearts, that faith without wavering. That means to be unmoved. Friends, what has shocked me is how quickly everything has moved. Isn't it shocking? I mean, honestly, it's shocking. Sometimes I have to pinch myself and say, in all honesty, did we close this church for nine weeks? I can't even believe that it's happened. If you had said to me a year ago, and you had sat down with it and said, next year, your church, this church will be closed for, for nine weeks, ten weeks. Nobody will meet. Listen, thank God for Zoom. But it's not church. Thank God for live stream for those. But it's not church. This is church when we come together in a physical way. The physical gathering of the people of God. This is church. 
This is what it is. You may not think much of it, but God thinks a lot for it because he gave his son for it and his son gave himself for it. That's how much he loves it. This is the church as the, the body of believers. And so we see here there's an un, there is an unwavering, unmoved faith. God give us such a faith. I mean, friends, we need to pray for that faith. This is not just putting your chest out and saying, well, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to tell you, friends, we need the power of God. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need a faith in our hearts in this day that comes from the Word of God that we can speak to the mountains and we know those mountains are going to be moved. That you can reach out, Ronnie, in the middle of a meeting and say, God, would you touch me? And the power of God touches a life and lifts all his pain. We're talking about a faith that really does move mountains, not just words, but a faith and the fruit of faith. See the manifestation of the reality of God. We serve. The reason why it's a faith that's unmoved is because, here's the words, for he is faithful that promised. That's what it's all about. It's about him. It's not so much how great we are. It's about how great he is, but our faith in a great and an almighty God. He's a faithful God, isn't he? Isn't God faithful? The Bible says, whether you said or not, but the Bible says God is faithful. He's a great God. He's a faithful God. We see Sarah at 90 years old. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 11, look at that verse. We know it well, but just look at it afresh tonight. Hebrews 11 and 11. May this faith be in our hearts tonight as we pray. Through faith, Hebrews 11 and 11. Also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. She received strength. It came from God. He gives power to the faint. He gives power to those that have no strength. The power of God came into that body at 90 years old. She received strength. May the church of Jesus Christ receive strength from Almighty God. What for? To bring forth the purposes of God. Do we want to see the birthing of the purposes of God here in Balnehinch and Limerick across the island of Ireland? What we need tonight, brothers and sisters, is to receive the strength and the power of the Holy Ghost to birth what God has for these days. God has an awesome plan for the island of Ireland in the midst of COVID-19. But we need the strength of God to come. We can't be moved about with all this stuff. You know, Nicky will tell you, we turned that radio on coming down from Port Rouge. The boys will tell you. And I end up shouting at the radio and telling I'm going to phone in. She says, no, you're not. <laughs> because in the natural, and then I'm a natural man. I have a natural part of me that wants to go fucked off, as we would say. But I know in the spiritual realm, that's not going to win the fight. That's not going to win the battle in the natural. I'm a natural man. Sorry if I've offended some. I'm a natural man. I've not. Elijah was a man of like passions, even as we are. One minute he sees revival, the next minute he's running and saying, Lord, just take me home. I've had enough. That's Elijah. He's real. The book's real. The men are real. The real battles, they win some and some there's defeats. Next minute he's in the cave and saying, there's no one left, there's only me. But 
Thank God tonight across the island of Ireland there's 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee. 7,000 at least across this island that haven't bowed to this. I believe that tonight, friend. I believe that. They may not be the notable characters. Why we're looking for notable figures in the church world, the notable churches, the big churches to make a stand, and it seems that none will stand, but there's 7,000 that nobody knows, only God, but they'll not bow that knee. And so there's a faith that comes and a strength and was delivered of a child when she was past the age. Why? This is why. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. I tell you, friends, I judge him faithful tonight that's promised a revival for the island of Ireland. He's a faithful God. His promises are yea and amen. His promises are true tonight. I'm coming to God in faith, believing the promises of his word that in the last days he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. I'm believing that the latter will be greater than the former. I'm believing that the glory of God will fill his house. This is his house, by the way, the spiritual house of God. I'm believing for them promises. And in this verse it says then, let us consider verse 24 in Hebrews chapter 10. Let us consider one another. So look where we go with this as the assembly. Let us consider. Now we see a body. Now we see what he's purposed it to be. So now we stop. And it's not so much the vertical, but now it's the horizontal. Let us consider one another. What does he say? To provoke, that word's to stir up, but not in a negative way. Not to be provocative in the negative way, excuse me, or in the carnal way, but to provoke one another on the love and the good works. To come together, there has to be a provoking, not in a negative sense. That's what the world do. That's what they're doing in the bars tonight. They're trying to wind each other up and provoke each other. But in the church of Jesus Christ, we want to provoke each other to love one another and the good works amongst the brethren. This is how they'll know that we are the followers of Jesus Christ. Why? Because of our love, we have one for another. And so we see in this, in Colossians 3, if you turn over for a moment, Colossians 3 and verse 15, you'll see what the spirit of Antichrist is against. And I'm going to show you what he's against. Colossians 3 and verse 15 says these words, Let the peace of God rule, rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. To, to the which also you're called, look at how the connections are, to the which also you're called in one body. The peace of God ruling, and now you're called to the body of Christ. And be ye, what does it say there? Say that word. Thankful. Now listen to R.T. Kendall preaching a message on being thankful. And when he took over the church over there in London, God dealt with him about being thankful. We listened to the wee message. God dealt with him about just being thankful. When you make your petitions, you have to make it with thanksgiving. But God dealt with him. So then he said that every prayer meeting that he would take from that time on, he would say the first 15 minutes of the prayer meeting, we're only going to spend it in giving thanks to God. The first time that he did it, 
Nobody gives thanks. And he says, like, have you nothing to thank God for? And there was still silence. But is there actually nothing that you want to thank God for? Or do you want to thank him for being saved? And then someone sort of gathered themselves together and they thanked God that they were saved and sat down. Is there there three things that you're thankful for today? And the silence, and it went on, but he began to provoke the congregation in a good way. Give thanks. Have we a lot to give thanks for? I mean, have we a lot to give thanks for? And then as he just laid that foundation, he says within a few weeks, you actually couldn't get praying in the first 15 minutes as people were jumping up and thanking the Lord for what he's done. To be a thankful people. I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done. I'm so thankful. I tell you, are you thankful for the breath in your lungs tonight? That's a good place to start, isn't it? That you actually have breath. You're here in the land of the living. God has you here for a purpose to give thanks. And then it says these words. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. There it is. Hold fast to this. Brothers and sisters, get the word into your heart. Teaching and admonishing one another. This is what it is. Provoking one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts unto the Lord. You need to provoke each other to this. Have you got a song in your heart? doesn't matter what it sounds like coming out your mouth. The main thing is you've got it in your heart. And what do they want us to do? I walked in the, around the corner here, walked through the doors. Man says to me, Hi, boy, no singing. I was washing you Sunday. <laughs> yes, we're singing. And I says, That's right, we were singing. What else are we supposed to do? He says, But you're supposed to sing quietly. I says, We were. We weren't, but we were. It's quiet for us. You know what I'm saying? What are we supposed to do? Everyone sit with masks on. Sorry, I know it sounds like a bit of a rant, but are we supposed to sit with masks on? You know, I talked to a good brother today and he says they have masks in their church. And he said, this is what it's like. He says the spiritual opposition because of those flimsy wee masks, he says it's unreal. There's a spirit with it all. The muzzle, the church of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, we've got a song that the devil can't take from us. We've got a song that we must sing. We have got teaching that we must teach. We have a gospel that we must preach. We must provoke one another in the love of Christ and in good works. Why should we not forsake the assembling of ourselves together? What an hour we're in. If you don't see this, friend, I tell you, if you think this is just, this is Tim, this is one of his things. He just sort of rattles on about you need to bait your meat. If you haven't got the spiritual maturity to discern the hour that we have come to, brothers and sisters, listen, I believe this is a cry from the very heart of God. Church, we must gather to seek God. We must gather to pray and call on God for these days. We must assemble, not the less. We must assemble the more. And you might be saying in the back of your head, What if Robin Swan says, blah, 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 tomorrow? Whatever Robin Swan says tomorrow, he's going to say, God bless him. But pray for wisdom that God will lead us as we meet together. If we have to pray in a car park, we'll pray in a car park. 
But we will meet as God's people and as God's church of Jesus Christ. We must meet and we must meet the more. Why? Because, friends, listen to me. We see the days coming. That's why. Not what storm would say, but we see this day is coming. This is a unique thing. This is the fellowship of the mystery, the Bible says, hidden from the beginning of the world in God. This is what this is, by the way. That it was created by Jesus Christ. That this present gathering of the people of God in Ephesians 3 and 9. To the intent that now on the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Might be made known by the church of Jesus Christ. The manifold wisdom of God. Not a bit of wonder. The spirit of Antichrist doesn't want us to meet. This place the Bible says where the twos or threes are gathered in his name. What does it say? There is a distinguished manifestation of the person of Jesus Christ. Don't meet. Stay in your home. But when the twos or threes are gathered, who's in the midst? Jesus walks the aisles. We're lively stones. We're built to be a spiritual house, according to Peter. We're a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices unto God that is acceptable by God through Jesus Christ. We are the light of the world. We're a city that's set on a hill. It can't be hid. Do you see the spiritual antichrist intent on stopping the meeting and the gathering of the assembling of the people of God? This is the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. And your members in particular will come to it next week. In other words, you are vital. You are vital. This is the body. This isn't a wee meeting on a Wednesday night. This isn't just some wee gathering. This is the body of Jesus Christ. And every person that's saved, that has been baptized into the body of Christ through the new birth is essential for the function of this body. You're important. That's what it means. We need you in the body. And you need your neighbor, you need the person beside you, you need the person over the other side of the hall. We all need each other to meet together as the assembly of God's people. And one day, brothers and sisters, this is the bride that he's coming for. That's the glory of it. One moment, one day very soon, we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. The devil hates it. The spirit of Antichrist is against it. The coming together uniquely uniquely and mystically as a spiritual house. The first gathering, I'm closing now, but the first gathering of the church is recorded, if you turn for a moment, in Acts chapter 1. And I tell you, friends, there'll be a final gathering as well. And that's what Christ will come for. The Holy Ghost filled it away back in Acts chapter 2. And at the end of it, Christ is coming for it. And it will be an assembly of believers worldwide that will be caught up to meet the Lord in the earth. What a day this is going to be. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 1, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 
40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being, look at it, assembled together with them. That was the beginning. He brought them together. He assembled them together. And he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. The last days of the church age, we are instructed not to forsake this precious assembling together. Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 2, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering unto him. Don't be so shaken in your mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word or letter from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. If the first church needed the power of the Holy Ghost, could I say to you, friends, and you know this to be true, surely how much more should this last church, who's facing the spirit of Antichrist, and the rise of wickedness like this world hasn't seen, surely we need a fresh, infilling baptism, call it what you may call it, but we need the power of the Holy Ghost. That is the only way, the only way, listen to me, the only strategy that I know for this church is the power of the Holy Ghost. That's all. I don't know anything else. There might be a lot of other fancy ideas and methods and new books coming out. But friends, the only thing that I know tonight is that this church, I need the power of the Holy Ghost. And we do that as we come together as the body of Christ. He has given us the Holy Ghost. The unique thing about Pentecost is that it was simply the first, but it definitely wasn't the last. And tonight, as we come to pray, if we lack, we're simply to ask. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit. But let us gather under our head, our living head. And let the anointing of God flow through this body tonight. And let every one of us be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Judith, the only way you're going to live that life in that hospital is filled with the Holy Ghost. You hear me tonight? There's no other way. Listen to me. The only way you're going to live through this young person is to get filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. The only way we're going to survive as a people of God tonight is not all the wisdom of men and all the strategies, but the only way, praise God tonight, is by the power of the Holy Ghost. And thank God it's for us all tonight. It's for us all. Let us pray. Let us pray with faith. Let us pray believing, but let us pray tonight and make and take much ground in the place of prayer. Let everything of fear, I tell you, friends, it has been so encouraging. I say this honestly in these Wednesday night prayer meetings. It has been so encouraging to the body of Christ to hear so many different ones pray over these last Wednesday nights. Can I tell you, don't stop. Keep praying. Whatever way you feel, don't worry about the feelings, but you pray and you pray through. And it just could be that your prayer breaks through and this whole place is lifted 
and filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. It could be that feeble cry from one soul that's struggling that suddenly the heavens open and the showers begin to fall. So I encourage you tonight, brothers and sisters, let's stand together and let's thank him for a couple of moments. Maybe we could just thank him for all that he's done and then let the Lord undertake for us tonight in prayer in Jesus' name.